This is GA Embedded with Ball, on Balzali. I'm Mick McCarthy. We're normally here with you on a Monday, but today we've been celebrating, I suppose, the career of Joe Canning, who somewhat surprisingly retired today at the age of 32, at least from inter-county hurling anyway. He won't be playing with Galway anymore. Delighted to say that we are joined by Shane McGrath, uh, the former Tipperary captain and All-Ireland winner, who joined, who's always a regular on the show, and delighted you'll see there to be joined by the legendary Sunday game presenter, Michael Lester. And Michael, before you were a Sunday game presenter, you were always a Galway man. Uh, what's it, What was it like for the last 14 years, or longer really, because we knew about Joe Long before he played senior yeah. hurling for, for Galway, to be a Galway man with this with Joe Canning as your focal point? I should look at to have a player like that playing for the county, you know, and as you can see, I'm wearing the maroon this evening. Yeah. No, I'm not sure whether that's kind of, you know, just in mourning or in celebration. But uh, I think it's it's fair to say it is celebration because Joe Canning's career has been absolutely fabulous. And and it coincided, if you like, with a, an era for Galway when they had a seriously good team for, for much of that time. And, of course, culminating in 2017 and winning the All-Ireland. But as well as that, like Joe was there for winning Leinster titles, for winning National League titles, a five-time All-Star himself, and so on. And, and also uh, with Portumna, of course, with the club. Yeah. They had a very successful period uh, through the last number of years as well. So it's been absolutely fantastic. So this evening, as we reflect on Joe's career... It doesn't actually come as a surprise to me that uh, he's decided to step down because at the weekend when Galway lost to Waterford and I, I was looking at the pictures after the match, the players were going off the pitch and all that kind of stuff. And I just said to myself, is that the last time we're going to see Joe? I think we've lost Michael there briefly, but Shane, I suppose we actually had the same thought on Monday when we spoke about, you know, that maybe, 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 but we kind of both thought... Do you know what? I think he has another year in him and we think, you know, he'll give it a go. And there's a, I talked to Morris earlier and we we're saying like, you hope that as the day goes on, it becomes more of a celebration than a kind of a sad reflection. But it is a kind of a sad day for hurling, really, isn't it? It's a sad day that someone like Joe Canning won't be in our lives, at least in inter-county championship um, uh, way anymore. Oh, yeah, it is, Mick. Yeah, I suppose we have to remember He's not, he hasn't died or anything, you know. I suppose he's just stepped away from Inter County Hurling, man. I think that's what we need to remember. But look, I tell you, I got to know Joe very well. I I, uh, I would know Joe, the person, and Joe the hurler. Um, we lived together in college in LIT in um, 2007. And we, we had a great house. And the owner of the house was a certain David Fitzgerald from Clare. So it was me, Joe, uh, Gavin O'Mahony from Limerick, and Claudia O'Brien from Limerick. And like I tell you, First and foremost, he's an absolute gentleman. Uh, he loves the crack and he's great to have around the place and you just couldn't meet a nicer fella. You really, really couldn't. He's, he really is a role model for, 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 for any young kids and I, I kind of feel sorry for maybe kids who are four, five, six years old at the moment. They won't get to see Joe Canning or maybe never got to see Joe Canning no more so than maybe, you know, I would have kids in, 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 my, in my own school and fifth and sixth class and they never, they don't know much about Owen Kelly. like. And, you yeah. know, I suppose that's, that's what I got to feel sorry for, for, for people like that who never got to see him hurling the flesh. I, I, I had the honour and privilege of hurling with him in college and being successful with him in college and seeing what he could do as a 18-year-old, 17, 18-year-old. And coming in, I suppose, you know, probably the most well-noted 16-year-old hurler ever, maybe. Like, you know, and coming into college and everybody knows who you are. By the time you're 18, people, you're, you're, you're a superstar. And the pressure that that brings, Mick, like, you know, but that didn't face him at all. He came in, he was phenomenal for us in the in the Fitzgibbon, you know, and um, 
just what he what he did with Portumna. Like if I put it to like this, Joe was doing things when he was 16 with Portumna that lads that 28, 29, 30 years of age would love to have been doing. Like mm. and he just he always delivered, he delivered for them on the big days. You know, you could be here and talk about him in stats and everything like this, but I just think Joe Canning, the person, is an absolute gentleman and, and a role model um, for, for, for us to look to. And Joe Canning Hurler is a legend uh, in every way. Five All-Stars, won his All-Ireland, could have won more. But you know what? He has his All-Ireland middle that, you know, I put it to you like this. I remember I was on a trip before and I got to share a room with Ken McGrath. And I was saying, talking to Ken about things and he said, look, I'd love to have more. And he said, geez, Shane, what I, what I would give to have. And I think that's what a lot mm. of people have to realise that, okay, he has won. He has his All-Ireland middle, you know, but he also has his, I think, four, is it four club titles he has as well. They are worth, they are worth every bit, if not more, as the, as the, as the Celtic cross with his county. So an absolute legend. And as I said, anyone that wants to see him play now, get up to goal and watch him play in the club championships because he'll still be turning in performances for a long time to come. And I think a measure of your legendary status is when you're known simply as Joe. I think that's... Yeah, yeah absolutely. And now I think that's, we've lost that's what it. Is. Everyone, if you say Joe, you take. We're having a few technical difficulties here, but uh, I think I think Shane's point is well made there, Michael. That mm. you know Joe is uh, a, a one-name player and has been for a long time. But there's also a kind of a sense with him in that we had with maybe DJ going all the way back to like even Christy Ring is that people wanted to go and see Joe Canning play live, didn't they? There was there was that again from an early age, but all the way through he had that kind of like living legend status throughout his career. Every top team that's going to succeed, they need a player like that. They need a kind of a talisman. They need somebody who is prepared to take centre of stage. And that's what you love about guys like Joe Canning and some of the other players that you mentioned there, like DJ and so on, Henry Shefflin, of course, that they're guys, when, when the going gets tough and the stage is bigger and the occasion is bigger and the pressure is stronger, that they actually kind of thrive in that kind of an environment. And that's true of, of all sports, I think. And, and they come alive in all of that. Shane will, will remember in 2017, the All-Ireland semi-final before Galway got to winning the All-Ireland. That semi-final against Tip, of course, and the winning point at the end. And I remember, well, it was a frantic finish to a very close game and a very exciting game and all that. But Joe scored that winning point from the sideline, from a good distance out, and a, a sort of a pass to him. It wasn't so much a pass as a kind of a scuttle of the ball back that he managed to just get under control and slapped it over the bar. That's the difference between a good player and a great player. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, Michael, your own uh, part in that, I actually wrote a piece about that piece, about that point in that game today. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we got a bit of behind the scenes of the Sunday game that day as well. I don't know if we have a picture of it there, <laughs> Shane, do we? Uh, anyway, that was... You don't, I, sorry, that, you don't, you don't have to show it. I remember <laughs> it well. <laughs> so does everybody watching, but that's the funny thing. You, you, sometimes, you sometimes forget in, in a studio, there are actually what they call remote cameras. The, the, all the cameras that are operating with, say, in Croke Park, there's, with most of them, there is a record feed going back to base so that anything that you do, and you, you, no matter how many times people remind you, don't do anything, don't pick your nose or anything like that, just because you're not actually on air. And, and on that particular occasion, I remember when, when Joe poked over the, what turned out to be the winning point in it. Uh, in studio, needless to say, I celebrated. But, um, but I don't apologise for doing that either, I have to say. 
Nor should you yourself and Cyril with uh, with Liam Sheedy looking a little bit disgusted. I know, yeah, looking a bit sheepish, isn't it? <laughs> it's funny though. Like, I mean, how many years were you at the Sunday game? And I think Joel probably be responsible for one of your more famous moments on it. That's his legacy with you, anyway. Oh, but sure. I mean, that's sport. Like, you know, as I've always said about these kind of situations, when you're presenting a program like that, you're not just there as a presenter. Like, and particularly with Gaelic games, uh, whatever about other sports, but especially with Gaelic games, you come from a county and it's so, I suppose, parochial. And I mean that in the best sense of the word. It means so much to the people of the county that without kind of jumping around the studio and sort of kicking chairs or anything like that kind of, you know, but you, you will get those moments in it where, where something happens like that, something sensational in, in such a tense situation that, uh, of course, you're, you're going to celebrate. You lose yourself for a second and celebrate. And why shouldn't you? Absolutely, yeah. Shane, on the point, though, that, that Michael makes about the clutch moment, you, know, you were obviously... I'd imagine devastated that day. You had stepped away, I know, from Tipperary at, at that stage. But in 2015, um, I think it was your last match for Tip when um, when another classic semi final where Shay Maloney got that point. You know, but it was a it was everybody in the stadium. I was at the match that day. I wasn't there in 2017. Wanted Joe to go for it from basically his own 65. Mm-hmm. It was the last chance, and he yeah. just had that little bit of calm where he, he and he hit a brilliant 50 yard pass straight into a young guy's hands who he gave the trust to. He had that kind of sense that you all, all the way through his career, you kind of felt that when the pressure was at its highest, when everything was going fastest for everything else, Joe was one of the few players that was able to slow everything down and think about it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And you talk about those clutch moments and I suppose we often mention, I suppose maybe like uh, NBA players like LeBron James, Jordan, Kobe, these kind of guys in NFL terms, maybe Brady, like, you know, and when the, as you said, when the pressure is highest, everything else, everyone else is panicking, but not Joe. I remember even that day, we, I suppose we were, we were looking around to say he's going to take this on, but absolutely ping the ball, hopped it perfectly in front of Shane Maloney. And rather than maybe getting a point, he made sure they got a point and they won the game and they go on to another in a final, you know, and, like, uh, I just think he's the ultimate team player. Like, you know, I mean, it, it was like, you could go down through his career and all, and all the big games where he could have maybe taken on a score and maybe got himself the, the nine or the 10 out of 10 in the paper, but he, he, he didn't like because he knew when the team won, everybody won. And he was the same, you know, you know, maybe a lot of responsibility fell on his shoulders when he was younger with Port Tumna. He took it on. And, but like, I just feel that it's all about the team. And like, even go back to his last mm. game, Mick, like the other day, like, I mean, he has a free. To make sure he, he passes the record, he he could have scored it like, but he said no. Mm. The higher percentage is I'm gonna I'm gonna deliver this ball 20 30 yards and one of my teammates will make sure to get yeah. the score. So he's not thinking about individual things, and he never ever did. And he has the world of individual things. But you know, see just see Mahal Dunu tweeting about him. You know, his brother Ali talked about him. He's the ultimate team player, and, and and he and he always knew that when the team won, everybody won. That, that Joe Canning won, that, that everybody won, that number one down to number 34, that the kit man won, that the SNC person won, everybody won. And for me, that's what epitomizes him. And I think that's what he'll be remembered most about anybody who's played with him, against him. If it was on, he'd take it on. But if he didn't have to take it on and someone was in a better position, he would give the ball to the guy in the best position. And I think that is uh, just a testament of, of his career um, on and off the field, that if he can help somebody, he will. And he won't look for too much credit afterwards, you know. And, and I think he's done that time and time again as a horror, but as a person as well, Mick, as well. And look, we're supposed to, with what, as I said at the top, he, he's not dead, you know. I mean, he's just stepped away a bit to County Hurling. He, he'll, he'll still do a lot, a lot of horror with Port Tumney. He'll still do great things off the field with his business and everything. And, you know what I mean? He's What he's done for Galway, 
But I think what he's done for Hurling, that every child in the country now wants to score sidelines uh, or, you know, wants to score goal goals like Joe Kenny. And I think mm. that is that 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 is to the to the guy he is and, and the hurler he is like and, and, and will be for, for many years to come at Port Tumna. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you something though, Shane. They want to be practicing for a long time yeah. to score some of those sideline balls that Joe Canning scored. Because I mean, even going back a couple of months ago to to last year's uh, All Ireland Championship, which of course ran late in the year, uh, in the game against Limerick, do you remember? Phenomenal, uh, he scored yeah. four, four sideline cuts yeah. that day, not yeah. one, not two, record, but Mike, four. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was absolutely fantastic. But Mick, you mentioned there a moment ago. You said about you know somebody like Joe slowing the game down at the right moments. The great thing about top players like that is they appear to be slowing the game down. But trust mm. me, they're still thinking quicker than anybody else. I'm old enough to remember watching Tony Dorden play, the great uh, Wexford player from, from back in the day, from back in the 60s and the 70s and that. And Tony was phenomenal because, particularly towards the latter end of his career, I remember seeing him one day in Croke Park and he wouldn't have been the quickest man on the field now, but a ball was poked into the square and fellas were swinging hurleys and swinging boots and running around the place, all sides. A Tony kind of shuffled into the middle of them, sort of picked the ball up, took two steps out and just whipped it over his shoulder and over the bar. And it looked so simple. It looked like just kind of an ordinary lad out playing a challenge match. But that's that's what great players do. They manage to just create that, that yard or two of space around them to give themselves the chance. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. There's a couple of comments here. One say uh, a really good one saying that uh, Joe Canning will go down in GEA history as one of the all-time hurling greats. Over his long 14-year intercounty career, he broke numerous records while demonstrating his silken skills in every department of play as required. While it is a cause of great sadness now that he is called at the time on his intercounty career, his place in the pantheon of goats, greatest of all time, of GEA hurling is completely secure. Regards. Mm. Aiden and um, another one here then as well saying that a uh, fantastic player, king of the sideline to Cork 2008 will never be forgotten. Uh, quarterback S game control like the Gooch in football. That's probably it. The 2008 game was his sort uh, of that, uh, his, that was unbelievable, his, Mick. I was actually at that game. Uh, we were first year, yeah, on the stadium, and like everybody had this expectation that he that he could deliver, and your like first massive big game out. Championship Hurling, Mark and Dermot the Rock O'Sullivan, and yeah. Michael, you might you you'll obviously remember this well. I think he scored two nine or two ten from play that day in Turles, gave an absolute exhibition. Now I, I think I think Cork actually won the game for a finish. Yeah, it was yeah. an unbelievable game. Kenny was yeah. scoring yeah. sidelines. I think Ben O'Connor was actually scoring sidelines for Cork on the other side. But we were at that game, and I think if if you if you weren't sure he was going to make it or be one or be one of the greats like he is. Everybody walked away from Torres that saying, lads, what that Joe Canning is some talent. And that was, and that was you, some I'll, way to announce himself to the world, like, wasn't it? Like, I'll tell you something else. When The Rock was marking you, you ended up marked. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and I don't know if uh, The Rock had too many more days out after that one, actually. Uh, you know, even though Cork it did was, win. Um, there, was one thing, there was one thing, Mick, that day uh, in that match that we were talking about against Cork that stuck in my mind about the kind of player that he was. Because in actual fact, it was just uh, down from where our uh, studio was set up on the day. And the ball had kind of run loose into the corner. And there was a couple of Galway players and a couple of uh, Cork players trying to get their hands on it. You know, the usual kind of stuff, pushing and shoving and trying to get the ball up uh, on the hurley and that kind of thing. And Canning just arrived on the scene from over about maybe 15 yards. He whooshed the two Cork fellas out of the way. He whooshed his own player out of the way and just picked the ball up and ran goalwards with it. And I said to myself, that's it. 
you know, no fluting around the place. Just get in there, get the ball, head for the target. Yeah. And he had a great nose for goal, actually, Shane, didn't he? Like, I mean, again, speaking yeah. about him in the past, Ed's is ridiculous. Like, he was doing this on Saturday. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> he had a great nose for goal. Like, I was talking to Morris earlier about that goal he got against Kilkenny in 2015. There isn't the many hurlers would even try it, never mind kind of be able to do it against Kilkenny in the championship. But he was always someone that, and it was almost to Galway's detriment at the times because they needed him in there, they needed him out the field. I, in some ways, there was a Michael Murphy is the football comparison where you don't know where to do him because he's the best player in almost two or three positions on the team. But, you know, having him in the edge of the square was where the hurling fans wanted him anyway, even if the team necessarily didn't, because that was where he was going to catch the ball and put it in the back of the net. I think as as his career yeah. went on, that, that was very much the case. Um, and certainly there was a great uh, argument for playing him out in the half-forward line, obviously, in his earlier days. And that because, he, as you said, he brought so much to the occasion and, and could see so much of what was going on around him. If there was a fault through some of those years, and it wasn't Joe's fault, but I just felt at times some of his colleagues on the team just actually put too much weight on his shoulders. They kind of felt, I, this is just my personal opinion of it, I think sometimes some of the Galway players felt, we leave this to Canning, he sort us out here. And, and one of the great things about winning in 2017 was that year was one of those rare occasions where a team puts in a complete team performance all year long. Yeah. Galway that year, remember, won the league, they won the Leinster Championship, and then, of course, the All-Ireland after that smashing semi-final against Tipperary. So sometimes it's, it's fantastic to have a player like that, providing you just don't decide to, to land the entire baggage down on his shoulders. Yeah, Shane, it's no coincidence that the one year that when they finally did win it, it wasn't because Joe was the only player on the pitch. Not that he ever was, but I think Michael has mm. a fair point there of having too much responsibility at times. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I, I probably, yeah, you know, down to the years, I suppose, look, we had it in tip with, with, with Owen, like, you know, we probably put too yeah. much on Owen for too long. And Owen Kelly, like, you know, I think it's a testament to the type of player you are that you're winning All-Stars when your county's not going well. And yeah. Owen did it for us for a long time, and Joe Canning did it for Galway as well. He was winning all stars, putting in outstanding individual performances when the rest of the team just weren't at the pitch of it. Like, and I think that's that's just a testament of the player he is. You were talking about goals as well. Like, you rarely see him get hooked either. You know, when mm. he when 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 he's in those situations when the goal is on, and uh, you know, I think he may have a size 35, 36 hurley, or everyone is going the other way nowadays, getting smaller. But rarely ever see the man get hooked. He just knew mm. like, just the way, just the class he had to bring the hurley in at such an angle or make that bit of, bit of space with his strength, his physical, natural physical strength he had. And I tell you, like, if, if, if Joe Canning was taking a shot inside the 21, you know, geez, you'd be, you know, anyone standing in, in, in the way of it would be very, very foolish. And uh, he, he, he rarely missed him, you know, so. And, yeah. and he rarely he rarely will miss him as, as, as we're talking about. But even the sidelines thing, let's say, I think it's 28 sidelines, isn't it? And I think yeah, the championship hurling. Uh, I think the next guy would be a Michael, is a Michael Maroney or Michael Maloney. He's from Clare. I think he has eight. So there's no one. I don't. I can't see anyone ever in our lifetimes that's touching with the sidelines. You know what I mean? I, 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 I even I scored two myself. So I'm, I'm probably in the top <laughs> twenty there. Or something. You've imagined yourself. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's funny though. It is something like again. He's so far ahead of everybody in that, but everybody tries it now. You know what I mean? You see, like it, it's part of Groat Hegarty's game. Say it's part of we saw um, uh, a couple of players do it even at, even at the weekend. And you just think like that's that's because Joe started making a commonplace, you know what I mean? And there's loads of tri uh, tributes coming in from him uh, all over the place. Uh, Michael, can I ask you something? You're from a more football area, I would say, yeah. Galway. Um, there's yeah. a piece that we put up by um, a contributor from Galway. Actually, Michael McCarns uh, did a piece on Joe 
uh, Canning's legacy for us today. It's up in balls that people can read. But one part of it was, you know, beyond medals and everything like that, what he's done for hurling. But if you specifically look in Galway, the 2006 minor final that he played in um, had 14 of the 15 were from traditional uh, mm. traditional hurling clubs in south or southeast Galway. And in the 2017, 2017 or 2018 minor final, 2018 minor final that his... Um, that his his uh, his nephew Jack would have played in. I think it was something like eleven or twelve clubs were represented um, that year. That and most uh, all of them from various different places in Connemara and North Galway, all across the county. Really, there's still football and hurling areas in Galway, but a lot of that's down to Joe Hanning, isn't it? And uh, oh, there's no doubt about that. And and in fairness to that Galway team of the last maybe five or or seven years as well. But um, there's there's a small little parish called, or semi-parish, I think it even is, called Bodon, outside Chewham, the general area that I come from, and they have a hurling club. Now, I guarantee you, they wouldn't have known what a hurling was maybe about 30 years ago or anything like that. And that's exactly the kind of thing that you're talking about. The, the, the influence of, if you get a successful team or a star player like that, somebody that inspires people, it goes outside of your own territory. And East Galway, obviously, is the hurling territory in Galway. Um, and and it's it kind of people this is an interesting thing actually people on the football side of galway are more likely to follow the hurlers than people in the hurling side of galway are likely to follow the footballers and i'm not quite sure exactly why that is but uh, but that's just a simple fact of it mm. interesting one yeah. Jane, what, what kind of um I, I don't know. It says what sums up a star player then when Liam Sheedy or uh, whoever it was that was over you, Michael Ryan or whoever, was coming up with a game plan for Galway and you met them a load of times, let's face it, <laughs> in various different uh, formats. Um, was was it a, a one-man focal point? Was there somebody assigned to him? Was it a, what are we going to do to counter Joe in the weeks building up to the match? Ah, sure, look, it'd be very foolish, Mick, to say that, like, you know, when you're talking about a game plan for Galway, you know, over the last 12, 13 years, that you weren't thinking about how can you curtail Joe Canning, like. And, like, as I said about Tony Kelly at the moment, like, trying to curtail him in a game is, as I said, is like, it is like trying to go swimming without getting wet. It's just, you just can't do it. He's going to do something. And I suppose early in his career, it would have been him taking on scores, you know, maybe he felt he had to, you know, uh, as I said, like, like 2 eight, two nine, two ten, you know, regularly. Whereas later in his career then, you know, how do you curtail his influence in his distribution of the ball or his, his winning of the ball or he, how he wins primary possession of the ball? Go back to the game on Saturday. You know, one of Jason Flynn's goals, puck out comes down. Who, who puts their hand up to catch the ball? Joe Canning pops it off. You know, who gives, who, who gives, who has the vision and the, like, like the like the pass Colin Cooper gave, the Gooch Cooper gave against Dublin the football a few years ago, you know? Like yeah. what Joe did the other day and his vision to see Jason Flynn in space, you know, get it feed it through, I mean, maybe seven, eight, nine players, ball straight to hand. Like that's just genius. Like you could, you know, I'm, you know, a principal of a school and you're trying to tell kids to do this, that, and the other. There's certain things you can't tell kids to pull off because you just don't, you just it might be able to do it or it just might be too hard for the for the normal run of the mill guy, myself included. But things that Joe Canning has, has done and will do again is not a run-of-the-mill guy. And Joe Canning took on things that the rest of us would, would, wouldn't dream about doing because we'd be, we wouldn't have the talent, we wouldn't have the hurling brain to do it. And he just he did things with the ball and, as I said, will do things with the ball for his club for years to come that the rest of us, we wouldn't dream of doing because why? Because we're just not Joe Canning. 
Yeah, yeah. I, go, I want to give a mention to another player because when talking about Joe Canning and we're talking about great players and, and today is about Joe, obviously. Um, but, but it's also interesting to look at some other players down through the years and, and that a lot of great players turn out to be on great teams. They're fortunate enough to, enough to be in the right place at the right time. But I remember going back, Shane, back to the 80s when Nicky English was a star with the Tipperary hurling team that was not a good team, I can tell you. And and Nicky was winning. Uh, he was on monster teams. He was winning all-stars and all that kind of stuff. Just at a point, like when Tip were struggling for any kind of traction in championship hurling at that time. So so the point about this is that's that's what you're saying. You You get a player like that that's an exception. And you can't develop a game plan to keep them out of the game because they'll just find a way into it anyway. Yeah, yes, I think I think that's a very good point, actually, because I don't want to have the greatest of all time conversation. It'll be yeah, 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 I don't yeah. think there's any way of us knowing it. But I think it is an important point to mention that when you're comparing records with guys from Kilkenny or from Cork or whatever like that, if you're Galway had a very, very good team for the last five years, let's not discount that, but maybe maybe slightly less so in the previous years. Same with Nicky English, better career, better team later in his career. Yeah. When you're a marked man. And you're having to kind of overcome all of that and game plans are centered around you. It's a lot more difficult. Teams couldn't go out and marnmark Henry Shefflin because five or six other lads would have punished him for it, I suppose. You know, but um, look, there's a few more comments here and I just want to get to one more little point then before we go. Um, Jerry saying, I'd heard of Joe, but uh, got to see him in the flesh for the first time um, I saw him was in the 07 under 21 final when he gave an exhibition taking the dubs apart. I remember that match actually. As disappointing as the result was, the dub, you couldn't help but be impressed, which is, I think, what we were saying earlier is like sometimes the op- sometimes you applaud opposition players off the sure. pitch, one of those. Um, he's on the top level with Shefflin and Co. Uh, no need for comparison. A fair point there from James. I want to just, uh, Michael, go through the uh, Fitzgibbon team that David Fitzgerald managed and Sarah Farrell coached and uh, Shane McGraw was on with Joe Canning. And this isn't even the full team. This is just a few players from it. James Skehill, Jackie Tyrrell, Fraggy Murphy, who was the captain, I think, Irda Tanyan, Conor O'Mahony, Owen Cadigan, um, and the two boys for one Fitzgibbon team uh, with those two managers. What the hell was going on there, Shane? <laughs> It wasn't uh, it wasn't a whole final college going on, I'll tell you that <laughs> but, uh, I tell you no, we had an unbelievable group at time. Davy was the manager. Davy's kinda of getting going in his time, but uh, unbelievable group. But I tell you, with all the talent that you have, you could you can have all the talent you want, but we were fierce close and we a lot of us have stayed very close since and you know that's that's a credit to the group and you know, when Joe joined the group, he was uh, taken over from a young lad from Mullen Home called Owen Kelly and they weren't yeah. uh, big boots they were by no means uh, small boots to fill, but Joe just fitted right in. And as I said, look, he he had a superstar status coming into college, and what a like what a su- such a grounded guy coming from such a grounded family. Though you know his man and dad and his brother Ollie and all and all his brothers, he, you just you, 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 he couldn't miss it. Like and sister and uh, sister, of course, and yeah, 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 yeah. You know, so uh, look, uh, we'd a we'd a great group, but we were fierce close. And Joe Canning. I think I think a quick a quick story for him is that we played UCD I think in the game it was it was a crazy windy day anyway and the wind was swirling everywhere and ball it out for a sideline and uh, I think Babs Babs was over UCD at the time and the, the sideline could have been 55 60 yards out you know not much grass and Joe came over to take it and I think Babs just turned around to the UCD lads and said look let's he's going to put this over the bar and uh, there's no there's no point in even trying to face it up and uh, Julie he did he slotted it straight over the bar and uh, there's loads of stories like that about him but. Uh, like 
what a talent for Bev's Keaton like to say there's no fight needed yeah. facing up to this and that just going over the bar from a sideline. In like no, yeah. 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 So yeah, look, yeah. Uh, what a talent. Yeah, absolutely. You got one eight in that Fitzgibbon final. I remember I was saying to Morris earlier, I remember him scoring four seven, I think, against Clare in the under twenty ones in 09 and losing in the All-Ireland semi-final and um, like there's there's matches like that that people I think will be remembering today and it's a good thing to try and celebrate his career a little bit and I really appreciate both of you taking time out today Shane McGrath and Michael Lester uh, to celebrate I suppose the career of Joe Canning who retired from Intercounty Hurling today thanks so much lads yeah cheers mate more than welcome all the best Thanks a million to the two boys again uh, for taking the call and to Morris for being on with us earlier. Um, we'll be back with uh, the regular show. Regular programming will resume uh, next week when we look back on the uh, Hurling quarterfinals and the Leinster and Ulster football final um, with Shane and with Darren O'Sullivan. But um, again, thanks to the lads and look, thanks to Joe Canning for all the memories he's given us over the last, well, really 15, 16, 17 years. And as Shane says, he'll still be hurling and we can still watch him play for Portumna um in the Galway Championship. So uh that's something to look forward to later in the year. Take it easy.